Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. I have Vanessa Hurst back on the program here for this episode, and we have a conversation about another layer that's been discovered here regarding the sort of communistic control of a number of schools within the state of Kentucky, and this is also occurring in at least one or two other states throughout the United States. But it has to do with the connection to what's referred to as talent pipeline management. And talent pipeline management has a number of videos on YouTube, which I'm going to link in the description below of this episode so that you can give them a listen. But they're disturbing, to say the least. And we we discuss exactly what it is and, and what it means. And it's just more government control. It's government control over local schools. It's government control over students, in particular teenagers. And it's designed to get them into the workforce, out of the classroom, and into the workforce while they're still high school students so that you're grooming them to essentially take over minimum wage jobs. Now again, in my day, you either worked part-time after school, you worked on the weekend, or you had summer jobs. That, that, that's typically how it was done. I understand everybody's situation is different, but now what they're doing is they're actually pulling students out of school and throwing them right into these minimum wage jobs when they should be in a classroom learning, because learning should be their job. And unfortunately, that's not happening. So over on the website, kychamber.com, the Kentucky Chamber of Commerce website, under their Kentucky's Talent Pipeline, here's their description. And then they say what they do, and they have a horrible video, and then they show the different regions and, uh, and who's in control, so to speak, of those regions regarding this talent pipeline. It seems very strange. And again, it's, it's clearly government control and just more hive mind thinking. But it says this, quote, In close partnership with the Kentucky Cabinet for Education and Workforce Development, Kentucky was selected as one of the three states in the nation to pilot a statewide implementation of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Foundation's program, Talent Pipeline Management. TPM is an employer-led and demand-driven approach for businesses to create and manage talent supply chains by projecting talent needs and aligning those with education and workforce development systems. Through this partnership, the Kentucky Chamber Workforce Center was called upon to utilize the TPM tool to engage employers in the TPM process to build a stronger workforce aligned to the needs of Kentucky's key economic sectors. What do we do? Here's what they say they do. They convene businesses into employer-led industry collaboratives throughout Kentucky. They provide personalized talent solutions to ensure Kentuckians are trained, developed, and upskilled into a in-demand career pathway. And then they improve collaboration with education, government, and workforce partners by utilizing our collaborative's real-time data. All of that means nothing. What it really means is this. Translation, they control your child. They seek to control your child and funnel them through a pipeline of government to make them either reliant on government or the victim of their own malfeasance. It's one of the two. And all of these people think they're helping, and they aren't. So we're going to get into some of the specifics here again. 
I'll link the YouTube videos to what talent pipeline management is in the description below. Believe me, it's nuts. And it has no business being involved with any K-12 school whatsoever. This right here, again, is another perfect example of why the COVID thing is a Trojan horse, which was well said and well put, and that phrase is coined by Vanessa Hurst herself, and she's dead right. She's 100% right. These people ushered this in, and they use the word quote-unquote pandemic in all of their explanations. Well, because of the pandemic, we have to change the way we do everything. We can't breathe the way that we used to because of the pandemic. We can't tie our shoes the same way we used to because of the pandemic. They're, they're doing this to usher in more government. And unfortunately, there's at least 140 workplaces that are supporting this move just within Nelson County, Kentucky. So the students that are a product of this, this a product of this quote-unquote workforce talent pipeline, as high school students, as a requirement, have to attain a job, apparently, at one of these institutions or one of these particular workplaces, most of which are low-paying, minimum wage jobs in the food service industry. Again, this has nothing to do with K-12 education, but this right here is what happens when government gets a hold of it. When government gets more of a hold of it, it burns it to the ground, and it takes your children with it. So, in 2014, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce started a um, initiative called Talent Pipeline Management, and it um, it provides businesses kind of a conduit to um, education and to other businesses to work together and figure out how to um, get get workers and quality workers. I guess is, it would be their um, way of saying it. Um, then, so Kentucky was, I think, one of three states that piloted this program with their Chamber of Commerce, and um, so Kentucky had every, almost, had a number of Chamber of Commerce directors, local Chamber of Commerce directors go and uh, attend a school for talent pipeline management, and they would act as, I guess, liaison between um, businesses and education, and work with education as uh, in the quote-unquote collab or um, collaboration partners to, uh, I guess, for lack of better terms, get the educators to educate students to work in these specific fields. Um, it's to um, kind of boil it down into what I think it is, and it's just my opinion, it's turning schools, especially high schools, into uh, temporary agencies. You, know, you, you go, you need a job, and you go through a temp agency to get you a job at a factory rather than applying at the factory itself. So rather than training workers themselves and spending the money to train workers, they're now using our tax dollars to train children, um, mostly juniors and seniors, to work in specific jobs. Now, how that has played out at a local level is a completely different picture. Uh, we have Currently in Nelson County, 
um, over 300 students involved in what, what is called work, our district called work-based learning. Uh, work-based learning is where they're supposed to get hands-on experience, real-world experience. They have to be learning at the same time. It's supposed to be overseen by a work-based learning teacher, um, and therefore their work also that they do outside in the community, outside of school in the community is applied to also in their credits. This has, I think, it's bigger than they can manage. Um, over 300 students involved in this. They have currently over 325 business partners um, from what I can count on the spreadsheet that I, you know, I sent you a spreadsheet on all the business partners. Um, just now I'm getting ready to. I just found it. <laughs> I thought I lost it, but I found it. Um, so anyway, 325 plus business partners, over 300 students involved in work-based learning. And I think it's bigger than the two work-based learning teachers can manage. And what happened, or what has happened, according to uh, parents I spoke to and actual high schoolers, you have high school students that are now working three days a week during school hours, going to work, and um, attending school or class or even virtual, two days a week. So they're working three days a week during school hours and then and, and attending and only learning two days a week. Now, granted, I'm sure there is some provisions for credits, although I know I have some other parents that are working on this that have tried to get that information um, out of the work-based learning teachers, and it's very vague. It's about as clear as much the things that they have to say about it. I... I I really think this is just a poorly managed system. But to me, it's also kind of nefarious that you have these businesses that are meddling in education and what they want students to learn according to what they need in their business. Um, so that's that's kind of where that is. Yeah, that's let me... Of it. I, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Um Again, I, I, I looked at every single thing that you sent and read through every single word and watched every single video. Let me let me provide some people kind kind of a a face value of of my perspective on this just from particular things that I see. Because believe it or not, I think that all of this is failing miserably. And I think that they know that it's failing miserably and they're doing whatever they can to sound relevant with something that's completely irrelevant. At, at face value, you have in this, again, the website that I'm on here is uh, the KentuckyChamber.com on their Kentucky's uh, talent pipeline. So these individuals are being paid with taxpayer, uh, taxpayer dollars to, again, essentially infiltrate every county or region within Kentucky and then again, tell me if I'm getting this wrong, and then partner with local governments and local schools in order to create, I don't even, I don't even know how to describe it. It's so dumb. They're basically trying to make sure that every single human being who graduates from high school either has a government job or some job or something like that, all while at the same time tracking their progress from the time that they're a child all the way through um, the age of 18, if not longer than that. Um, yeah, so Kentucky has actually started, um, it's, it's called uh, KY.gov, and it is a website 
where you can find um, statistics on just about everything. And in some of my records requests, I had asked where, um, asked for information and data that the um, the schools have used in some of their you know, programs, particularly with work-based learning. And they pointed me to, they actually sent me a link <laughs> to kystats.ky.gov. Um, I already knew about this website. And it's basically tracking, I can't remember what year they started, maybe it was 2007 or 8. They started tracking Kentucky citizens born here um, from the time they're born all the way through school and up until, the, up until they graduate and beyond. And I think one of those links that I sent you, there was a video also about tracking um, workers and there's kind of like a LinkedIn. Yes. Um, but it's a little more nefariously run by government. It is. It's or, worse. It's an online. It's an online database that takes all of these people's resumes and essentially a computer algorithm picks who they want. Right. Without even talking to the person. Yeah. So they're looking exactly. for verbiage. They're looking for words. They're looking for uh, where they've lived. Things of that nature, and again, I think that the very thing that they're creating here is going to, is leading to their ultimate failure. The, I mean, they're—I just see useful idiots in this entire thing. I see a bunch of people that have no idea what they're doing, and they're clearly carrying out this communistic plan, but they have absolutely no idea that their their own stupidity is part of this plan to just push this through as hard as they can. I think their largest flaw is that they're attempting to do this with every person, every single child. And and something like this would never, ever uh, be considered plausible for every single child. If a person, like we've talked about in the past a thousand times, if a person wants to uh, enter the workforce right after high school, anybody, it's America. It, you know, anybody can do that anytime they want. They don't need... They don't need a um, a statewide feeder program, so to speak. I mean, you have you know your local ATC, which we've talked about. You have you know there's other county organizations like that that exist all over the United States. But you don't need this giant conglomerate breathing down your neck from the age of three all the way through the age of eighteen. And so, uh, what has kind of happened with this? You have now now you have you know so this has been in place since 2014, and um, you have politicians now involved in it in, in different ways. And back when everything was being shut down last spring, and uh, you had, you know, everybody was like, oh, the pan you know, pandemic, you have uh, Kentucky legislatures, or le legislators passing legislation um, that lowered graduation requirements Kentucky high, high schoolers. And also lower the accountability on school districts for reporting academic academic achievement and and standards that that they're not that they are or are not meeting. So we lowered accountability for districts, and then we also lowered graduation requirements while everybody was distracted by the pandemic. And I'm not saying that the pandemic was specifically a distraction for that. This is specifically a Kentucky thing. Um, but there were only six. Kentucky representatives that opposed this bill. And I reached out to each one of them, and I only had two reply to me. One of them um, said that, you know, in, in my assumption of what I was asking, 
you know, this, did this really impact lower graduation requirements? They said, yes, it did. That's why I was against it. Plus, it lowered. They were the one that pointed out that it lowered the accountability for school districts. And then the other senator had no idea, or the other uh, representative had no idea what I was talking about. Um, thought that I was talking about another bill. But that, uh, but when I reminded him, he said, yes, I recall that now. And they're probably, I'll have to look back at my notes, but it sounds like it was because of the graduation requirements that I did not um, sign, or I, I voted nay on that bill. So it's kind of interesting. Only six out of the hundred some <laughs> representatives that we have here in Kentucky is, you know, they, they voted against that. So. Yeah, let me read this too, because I think that summarizes some of some of what you said. Also, in particular, the uh, again the education aspect of this too. And one of those links you sent me was uh, a puff piece that was clearly written by someone who you know was interested in talking this whole thing up. Um, mm -hmm. But there was there were three paragraphs in it that just hit me like a freight train. Of course, the first paragraph is an absolute embarrassment with what they say, but. I love how they consistently use the word pandemic over and over and over again as, as an excuse to usher in what they're doing as if the thing that they're ushering in is somehow going to solve something. But anyway, I don't know. It, it goes like this. She, she wrote, quote, uh, since the start of the pandemic, Kentucky has lost close to 296,000 jobs. As of November 2020, the state has seen some jobs return to the economy, but there are still 64,000 less Kentuckians employed than in February 2020. Innovations in technology are occurring every day, changing our world and our work at an unprecedented speed. And then it says, Mary Pat Reagan, Kentucky's Deputy Secretary of Education and Workforce Development, stated, quote, We have to prepare Kentuckians for our communities for this new phase in workforce development. The technical skills we learned five years ago are nearly obsolete, making up skillful, making up, making upskilling, whatever the hell that is, upskilling our workforce a necessity. Our employers play a vital role in driving conversations on the skill sets and talents needed to build Kentucky's workforce. And then she says, uh, by the fall of 2021, ta uh, Talent Pipeline Management Kentucky will roll out regionally aligned professional development sessions to introduce counselors and education partners to career pathways within Kentucky's key industries. First of all, how on earth can she determine that the technical skills that you've learned five years ago are nearly obsolete? I mean, how can a person say such a thing? Well, it, you know, it, it, and that, that's another thing that keeps coming out of the deep learning stuff. The, all this stuff, is, it, they're bouncing off each other, and it's like these ideas floating around that are like, literally like eating at people's brains and it becomes common language and you know it just floats around they float this language around until it's common language that's the same kind of language that you're hearing in the deep learning um sector all this kind of playing together i it it's so there's so much in common with deep learning and the talent pipeline management stuff that it's almost as if it's connected they, they sound like zombies I mean, they all sound like zombies. They just say the word collaborative. We need, welcome to a collaborative. See, the word collaborate has now been turned from being a... I mean, they, 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 they've turned it into a noun. 
But it's just the word manipulation. I mean, they... Um, it's almost like they don't hear themselves. They just keep saying the same stuff over and over and over again, and they just assume that everybody's supposed to drink it in. It's like all of the videos that you sent me. Again, I watched every single one of them, and every single one of them was completely useless. Not to mention, again, the imagery is something that I'm always paying attention to. The people, these cartoon characters in those videos, these talent pipeline management videos, are all... Uh, social justice warrior looking purple hair, pink hair, skinny jean wearing losers. I mean, it's weird. And uh, I, I think that right there should show people that this is just some, I don't, I, I don't even know what it is. It's just some radical indoctrination camp. And now it's government funded and taxpayer money is going directly to it. And it's not, it's not helping anybody. Not to mention, and you said this earlier, the business of, of, of children working three days a week and attending school online two days a week is slavery. Right. And so they'll tell you that, you know, when you argue against these things and some of the places that these students are working that are supposed to be giving them, you know, the hands-on real-life experience that they allegedly need. Um, and, and you, like, how are they getting real-life hands-on experience at Taco Bell, which is one of the community partners, which means that's where students work when they're supposed to be at school. Um, and then, you know, like, I've, I've seen parents be put down by administrators, by, you know, district leaders saying, well, you know, you're just looking down on those jobs. No, those jobs have their place after school, you know, like, Normal people would right. normally work. You know, normal students would work you know, after school. It's an after-school type of job. And if you can't fill your need at those places during the day, that is not a problem that students need to fix. Students are being used to fix employment problems that were created by our government, by taking everybody out of the workforce, by shutting everything down. But these problems, and I think I've said to you before, but it's like, um, the book, The Parasitic Mind, you have this idea that it becomes a parasite that everybody's getting now. And you start to see this language start to crop up in normal conversations with people. Oh, nobody wants to work. Nobody, you know, kids don't want to work. They just want to lay around and be lazy. Well, that's not true. That's not what I'm finding. Kids don't want to go to school. And so they think this work-based learning thing is awesome because they get to go to work and make money. They don't have to do the hard things and go to school. Um, and... People don't have to work because our governor has created this system where you could get unemployment if you're scared to, to be exposed to the virus. So, you know, and, and now he's got a problem on his hands where nobody's wanting to go back to work and giving incentives for people, you know, writing more checks for people to get up and, and go back into the workforce. So this problem with employment that we have is completely created by government and now it's trying to be fixed by government through our kids, using our children, children ages 16 to 18, going to work three days a week when they should be in school. Schools being used as temporary agencies. Are the, are the private or independent schools in your, in your county or in your area doing any of this? No. In fact, I know Bardstown Independent School does work with Nelson County um, through the Area Technology Center with some of their students, they're involved in work-based learning and um, 
what we would traditionally have called co-oping, they actually have, like, legitimate jobs that they're working toward, like mechanic or welder or carpentry. So, though, but their Bardstown, I do know, I've, I've talked to a parent who knows their, um, their work-based learning teacher really well, and they keep a, they keep tight reins on their students, and they check in on them every single day. They're not doing that here in Nelson County. They're not checking in on them all the time. And sometimes kids aren't even showing up for work. And then they're saying it's just kids, you know, like they would skip class. Well, you're sending them off to work. You're encouraging them to get out of the classroom, to get out of the building. And now you're going to blame it. You're going to lay it back on the kid because they don't want to do anything. It's just, it's such a mess. and so poorly managed. These people have no clue, you know, how the real world really works, evidently. And the guy who's representing your area, if I'm not mistaken, mm. is this Zach Gobert. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Yeah, he's the yeah. That's the Lincoln Trail District Pipeline Management Leader or whatever his what, title is. What are these goofballs making? Do we know how much money they're <laughs> making? That's a good question. I don't know. It's got to be a ton. They've got to be making. I mean. They're, they're certainly making more than your average school teacher. And then this Lakeisha yeah. Miller gal, who's apparently the system director for talent pipeline management at the Kentucky Chamber Workforce Center. Who is this person? Where did she come from? I mean... Oh, very good question. <laughs> yeah, I looked her yeah. up. I couldn't find a thing. I couldn't find a resume. I couldn't find an education. Again, I just look at the, the faces of these zombies and I just think they're just useful idiots. They have no idea that they're actually harming the very areas for which they claim to be helping. Yeah. Because, like I said earlier, too, and like you said, they're, they're creating students that are going to have no qualifications. They're already, many of them are already barely literate and have a hard time writing in complete sentences. And those are, and many of those are, are college and university students as it is right now. This just creates a perpetual middle class of unqualified individuals who have no credentials, no education. It's just mediocrity across the board. Right, and, and, and teaching students that, you know, putting them in these minimum wage jobs and teaching them that, you know, this is okay. This is, you know, there's nothing wrong with this. And there's nothing, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with minimum wage jobs. And, you know, I've worked plenty of them. I waited tables and, you know, when I was younger. And that's a job for when you're younger and you build toward a goal and you work toward a goal as you get older. Um, but they're, you know, what skills are they gaining by doing this during school hours? And, and certainly not um, working toward any kind of higher education or critical thinking or, you know, just basic citizenship as a U.S. citizen. You know, the history has been slashed um, throughout, and, and that's part of the graduation requirements that were, that were cut. So you have... You really do. You, they really, it really does seem that they're creating useful idiots. Now, whether that's, you know, on purpose, nefariously, or whether it's just through sheer lack of understanding how things work and um, 
I don't know, you know, I don't know what's inside these people's minds that think this stuff is a good idea, but... And these are the kinds of people where if you approach them and you said, hey, look, what you're doing isn't working. This isn't working here. They would look right back at you and they'd say, well, let's work on trying to figure that out. Let's work on a solution. How can we make things better? And then it just becomes this back and forth of saying nothing. Just back and forth, them not listening and doing anything because ultimately their total removal is the only solution. The complete, their complete absence of existing is really the only solution to this. Yeah. And like and like you said too, it's the I mean it's the Hegelian dialectic. They created the problem. They're creating an action. They're creating their said solution, only to then create another problem later on and over and over again. And we get stuck in this vicious cycle because nobody, everyone's sleeping. They're just they're not paying attention. Nobody sees this stuff. And you know it it, it takes people like me to go into the deep dive into this stuff to find out and you know, figure out who's behind this and who's doing this and where's this coming from. Um, but then, you know, I go to go to talk about it and it's just conspiracy theorist. You know, it's, you really have to, people really have to start doing their own research and looking at this stuff themselves. You cannot rely on one person to do it. You know, can't rely on, the, certainly can't rely on the media to do that. Um, they sing the praises of this kind of stuff all day long. We've seen it, you know, and it's, like I said, people have got to start doing their own research. And, and you would think, too, and I mean, I agree with you 100%, but even a novice, you think, would look at this, this Kentucky talent pipeline thing, and say, this looks like a bunch of government waste. It's, mm-hmm. it's just flat-out government waste. Did it exist in the past? No. Why does it exist now? Well, they're saying because of the pandemic. It's provided us an opportunity to blah, 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 blah. And the fact is, is they're not going to exist in the future. Because again, when you look at these videos online on YouTube, they have next to zero views. They've been around since 2014, 2015, give or take. Um, They have no up or down votes, and the comments are all turned off. I mean, they're giving themselves away as being useless. It's incredible. Yes, and, you know, just to point out, Nelson County school videos, and there are hundreds of them. Anybody wants to get a laugh at some of the school propaganda that we get to look at every week that they send out, there's hundreds of videos like that for Nelson County schools. Same kind of same kind of situation. No thumbs up. Maybe one or two thumbs up, and then comments are shut off. It's it's crazy, and 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 just a handful of views because everybody's just sick of the infomercials, and that's basically what these are. And but you know, to go back to the the uh, talent pipeline management again, this is you know, talent pipeline management was not started by the government. It was started by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Foundation. Um, foundation emphasis on foundation. Um, and all you have to do, again, do some research, go on these websites, and look at sponsors. Look at who sponsors this stuff, and you will find the same names keep popping up all over the place. Um, and we, we talked again, you know, we talked about the big tech companies that get involved in this stuff. So why is this theme keep repeating itself throughout education, throughout business, throughout, you know, legislation, why does it keep us Because big business is meddling in our lives. They're meddling in the outcome of, you know, our children's education. 
And so you keep seeing these themes pop up all the time. It's just in, but if you, again, go back to the source, do your research, go look at sponsors, go look at who's supporting this, you'll find the same names popping up over and over and over again. And it's the same, it's the, the Gates, it's the Zuckerberg, it's, you know, it's Deep Learning, it's the um, Cutter Foundation. You know, those same names pop up all the time in all of these things. And there's always, it's always the same language, it's the same, it's always the same outcome. And that's more control over our children and their education. Because if you control education, you control the future. Yeah, well said. That's well said. On top of that, too, in these videos, which are remarkably depressing to watch, because again, you know, they've they're doing whatever they can to get as many eyes on it. As far as from a visual standpoint of of uh, looking exciting with their cartoons and their bright colors and whatever else, but they openly state time and time again, we're at you know, we are interested in individuals who basically all talk exactly the same. We're looking for people that say the same things that we say, have the same language that we speak, are, are zombies like we are. That's what we're looking for. And when I hear Wes Bradley talk, that's what I hear. I hear a zombie. When I hear you know th these constant words being shoveled out, collaboration, uh, purpose, blah, 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 it's, it, it's nothing. They're just saying nothing. And this right here, again, is the biggest problem because we're talking about the very problem that they created when, in fact, students should just be in school learning the truth, building a resume while they're in school, usually, like we've said, a part-time job that has nothing to do with the school, a summer job. That's the way it's always been, and it's always worked that way. But now they're trying to completely destroy that. And now, of course, it's, it's directly interfering with their ability and their time to actually learn factual content. And it's funny that you said that. It's because in the very first episode, when I sent you the um, the deep learning workbook, it was um, frightening. I, I yeah, I had actually just recently listened to that. I was like, because my my great aunt, who's an educator or retired educator, was curious about something I had commented on social media and. She, uh, so I, I sent her all the episodes, and I listened to that first one again, and in it, um, in that workbook, the, the, the Bible that Nelson County, Wes Bradley handed out to, their Bible that they handed out to all the teachers to read, and also students, mind you, um, it, it says in there, and I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember it exactly, but we're moving toward, or moving away from fact or from uh, set facts and acquiring knowledge in that way because that uh, because of technology and that's that's really frightening that is really for them to say that for that to be the goal is to move away from a set base of facts is just horrifying and and that's really you see that same underlying theme in all of these different things that don't seem like they're connected, you know, the work-based learning, the deep learning, none of, you know, things that are going on in legislation, all these things seem like they're separate bubbles, but really they're, they're not. They have all the same undertone throughout all of them. 
And the more you look into it, the more you'll see, the, more, the clearer it becomes. You know, there was an article a while back, not that long ago, actually, maybe two weeks ago. Um, uh, I, f I forget who wrote it, and I forget where this person was located. But they were talking about how they they don't hire people who they don't hire students who come from Ivy League institutions anymore. They said they used to, but they don't do it. And the reason that they don't do it is because the people come graduating from these Ivy League institutions have no idea what they're talking about. They can't read, they can't write, they can't speak the English language fluently without saying like, you know, really. I mean, they, they can't they can't do it. And they said we can't hire these people because they're they're borderline illiterate. The same thing here is happening at the at the ground level um, in in Kentucky regarding this. It's starting that process earlier of 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 being quote unquote unemployable. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, it's it's you're it's burning the candle at both ends. And yeah, you know, Nelson County people they. Wes Bradley has all but said this. He wants to keep people in our county. He wants to keep these students here. He wants to, he'll say he wants to keep that talent here in Nelson County. And there's nothing wrong with that. But he does want to keep your students here. But he wants to keep them here for a different reason than what he's, he's really saying. Um, you know, to, to fill these lower paying jobs. And again, nothing wrong with lower paying jobs. But as a parent, I want my children to aspire to something more than a McDonald's worker. And that's just, that's just natural as a parent that cares, truly cares about their kids, you know. And yeah, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather, even if they go to work at a distillery or wherever, you know, factory, that's fine. But I want them to at least to aspire to something a little bit bigger than, you know, your, your run-of-the-mill average minimum wage job. That's just natural as a parent and, and it takes sometimes it, it does take a parent to understand that and you know it's other parents have pointed out you know what Bradley doesn't understand what it's like coming from you know from what it's like in our shoes because he's not in our shoes he's not a parent and I've always I've always kind of cringe at that a little bit because I know plenty of people who have compassion and, and, and empathy and understand you know what you know even if they don't have children what it's like to be in those shoes but there's something completely different going on here um when he's thinking about the, what the, what's best for children it's not what's best for your children specifically parents you know that better than anybody um not this not, not the chamber of commerce not the government all these things are looking all these places all these entities Foundations, organizations, they're just looking out for their best interest and their own future, not for your kids. And again, I'll say it again, do your research and, and look into this stuff because it's, it's huge. It's so much bigger than I ever expected to find. That's for sure. Yeah, it certainly goes up to the top and then goes right overseas, like we said, to foreign agencies, foreign companies. Um, yeah, the enemy is foreign and domestic. There is no doubt about it. I, I'm shocked that um, that K-12 schools, of course they all don't do this, but that they align themselves so closely with their local governments. I mean, I, I you think back to the days of a one-room schoolhouse. 
If a one-room schoolhouse aligned itself with government, God help them, because it would just cease to exist. And of course, look where we are now. K-12 schools are completely interlocked with local government, which means you're interlocked with state government, which means you're interlocked with federal government, which means you're interlocked with foreign government. I mean, it's just government from top to bottom. So the reason I think Nelson County can ramp up their um, workforce for work-based learning and have so many students out of the building is because the plan all along has been to merge the middle schools into the high school. And you have all those middle schoolers there now filling the building, and you do not have to worry about empty buildings anymore. You have the middle schoolers there to do so. Um, so, yeah, merging all the middle schoolers into the two high schools is, has definitely been part of this plan all along. And that's not going away in Milton County unless the work-based learning gets under control if more parents start to speak out. I mean, these people are already contacting incoming seniors via text message to look for their work-based learning partner job or to volunteer somewhere through the work-based learning program. Get them on board with this before they even start school in the fall or August, starting August here. So, yeah, they're doubling down. They, I mean, they know what's going to happen, and, and you know, they with with uh, with COVID and pandemic stuff and, and vaccines, they've known all along. You can tell in meetings, especially, you know, um, like the site-based meetings, and some of the, the things that the principal would say, you know, or, you know one thing in particular, there was a policy that had come up about uh, sports activities and some students that are virtual have still been able to participate in sports even if they aren't attending their classes virtually, um, basically the equivalent of skipping school, yet they're still allowed to participate in sporting events, and I was kind of concerned about that. Um, well, we're not going to have to worry about any of that come next year. Well, what does that mean? Well, it's going to look completely different. Well, what do you mean? Well, we're not going to have to worry about the pandemic anymore and shut down. Um, okay, where's that coming from? Obviously, it's coming from meetings that I'm not privy to, but that kind of language you don't hear as a parent. Um, so there is definitely, I, I don't think that's going to be an issue here with this talent pipeline management stuff. That's not going away. Um, it, it's too big. They've got too many community partners involved now. They're too reliant on high school work, uh, the high school workforce, so... Yeah, I really don't, I don't think that's going to be an issue here. That's, I mean, and it, and it goes back to that's the whole purpose of the K, or the 6 through 12 campus merger is to fill those buildings. I think an anthropologist, and I'm not one, but I think an anthropologist would say something like, you're, you're, you're increasing the likelihood of crime. You're increasing the likelihood of drug abuse. You're increasing the likelihood of... Uh, having children out of wedlock, multiple sexual partners, and all of that existing with the with the youth population that exists there as you're doing this. Because we've said it a thousand times, government is the most negligent parent of all. Well, if an individual doesn't have any prospects and doesn't have anything, it just stinks. I know that's not a very scientific way of looking at it, but I mean, it just stinks. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's definitely short-sighted. It's not data-driven in any respect whatsoever. Um, 
isn't going to end well if this is the direction that we keep headed. And I know, for one, you know, I for one, you know, I've, I've pulled my younger kids out of the elementary school because of the lack of, you know, academics, the lack of standards, um, and even in their own experience, they're, you know, completely fallen behind this past year. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again, they'll tell you that it's because of COVID. The COVID had nothing to do with it. You know, they were told, the teachers were told that they were getting rid of standards. Now, as far as my son goes, the minute that there's trouble, and he knows this, and we've talked about it extensively, he's going to Thomas Nelson for high school, coming uh, school year this fall, but uh, the minute that there's trouble, he's going to get pulled. He's going to be homeschooled because I was homeschooled for high school, and it wasn't that bad, and I didn't miss out on any of the social stuff. And these people should be ashamed of themselves, but they have no idea because they've they've bent it. I mean, they all, it's just hive mind thinking. It's echo chamber hive mind nonsense. They all get in the same area and they all sound exactly the same. I bet having lunch with these, with these, with these people would just, I mean, my God, you'd lose your appetite in a heartbeat. Well, you know, it'd be like sitting in a hen house with a bunch of clucking hens. They're all sounding the same, saying the same thing. It just it sounds like a bunch of clucking after right. a while. Yep. It's, it's just... <laughs> and, and, and again, in their own paperwork, they're essentially saying that very thing. They're saying, hey, look, if you don't talk the way we talk and say the things that we say, we're not going to hire you. You're not going to be hired. Right. You're going to be unemployable, and we're going to you know, put you at the bottom of the list because we don't think that you're prepared. So talk like we do or else. And that's happened That's happened in Nelson County with so many teachers. Currently have 30 positions open in Nelson County for teachers. Is that number growing? Oh, yeah. It is. All the time. Yeah, see, they're not going to be able to fill those jobs. As, as we get closer to the beginning of the school year, that number should be going down. Yeah. But it hasn't. It hasn't. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.